This is Russ, CEO, founder, and executive chairman of the Dapper Dividends podcast and YouTube channel, speaking to you here from the Dapper Dividends Worldwide Headquarters with a very important question for you if you are the owner of a cat. Would it be okay if I could come over to your house and put your cat or cat's feet in my mouth? Yes, you heard that right, and you will never hear that on any other financial podcast, probably as long as you live, if they are not directly copying or mimicking me. How are you doing? I'm with you once again. We're together. What a weird way to start a podcast off. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And if you've been listening to this for almost 200 episodes, you should know better. We do have some very good information for you in my own quirky, weird, wild, and wonderful way. I, that's smashing a bunch of W's together. But seriously, you know, one thing I've been thinking about is I was outside cutting my grass, having to have repaired the lawnmower, 17-year-old lawnmower, Craftsman brand, God bless him, still going. Sears is out of business, but this Craftsman lawnmower from Sears is still going. And we had just had a landscaper give us a quote on doing some well, landscaping, duh. No, he's not going to come and knit us a sweater or crochet us a, you know, pillow or something, but we got all kinds of landscaping ideas we wanted to do, and it's going to require heavy machinery, lots of brickwork, a little bit of concrete, a little bit of electric, all this stuff. And my wife and I were on the fence. We've been putting it off. And this is really important because, yeah, here on the channel, you can click the link below and see the portfolios that we do share if you want to go to dapperdividends.com. Calm. And, you know, it, it's a humbling thing to think that we're building up our net worth. But as I've shared with you, some of the things of our house that was built circa 1974, uh, yeah, they're getting a little bit old. We've, we did a big remodel, but this is where it comes down to if you want to have a higher net worth and people may be mistaking you for being poor, We're not doing so well. It's one of those things where you have to decide and nobody can decide for you. Would you rather have a nicer living experience where you are? Would you rather have a better resale value of a property if you own it? And lastly, that's going to pay dividends in and of itself. Or would you rather have numbers on a screen uh, that you can show to people and say, look how many dividends I'm getting. We're likely going to be taking a sizable chunk remodeling our house, putting it into the house, making our house nicer while we live here. You know, my wife and I, Jenna and I kind of talked it over. We think we're going to be here. We've been here longer than we planned. So at this point, we're like, screw it. Let's just stay another 10 years. So we've got things that need to be fixed up. Now, the thing is, is like we talk about money is the most renewable resource on the planet. It is the most abundant resource on the planet. You can always get more of it. But the thing you can't get more of, which is what we're debating, if we want to save some money and try and do it ourselves, we're not landscaping professionals. So what we want done would probably take us months, quite honestly, with my working and the things I'm doing. It would take months for us to do it. And I don't even know if it would look that good. But the thing that money gives you is why we need to save and invest is because it gives us options. And with those options, we can do things that we don't have to spend time doing. So that's a word of the wise that I'm just like you. (laughs) It's something I'm struggling with as I'm building up this taxable account. And it's getting close to 100K. But you know what, baby? You got to remember that the more money you have, the more options you will have. 
and it won't make you happy necessarily. Now, you can use some of those options to do things that'll make you happy, but the money in and of itself from everything I've learned and read and studied will not make you happy. I do want to transition rather roughly and crudely to tell you about the dividends I've received this week. Where we received from a stock that Warren Buffett Decreased by, I believe, 39%. Selenese, ticker CE, $17.50. We received $53.28 from ABV, ticker ABBV, which, by the way, in 2013, I think, they spun off of Abbott Laboratories. And now, this spinny, I think I just made that word, the spin-off company, the spinny is worth more than the spinner. People are like, is this guy really speaking finance here? Yes, it's the spinny and the spinner. <laughs> it's Abbott Laboratories and AbbVie. So AbbVie is worth more than Abbott Laboratories as of this recording. Enterprise Products Partners, we received $50. The monthly dividend stock, oh, oh, <laughs> that's from Idiocracy, my O face. Ticker O, $36.54. And then another monthly payer, Main Street Capital, $34.50 for a grand total. If you if you watch the shorts, it's, you know, trying to do it every week that I get dividends. For a grand total of $191.82 in dividends this week. Pretty solid week for dividends, I must say. We did a little bit of selling. I've been peeling, I've been, I've been peeling out these shares of Alibaba now here, you see. Ticker B-A-B-A, we sold one share at eight. Do you know what? I listened to a, a financial podcast today, and it was good information, but my God, was it boring. I was sitting in traffic, and my mind kept wandering, and I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. The dude's speaking. Focus. Okay, what's he saying? All right, all right, focus, focus. And then my mind would wander. I'm like, focus. So, hey. I may not have the best information, but I'll tell you what, baby, you ain't going to be bored, I hope. <laughs> so if you're still with me, I sold a share of Alibaba at $89.26. We have two shares remaining in the Roth, and I've been rolling that into something I did buy. We'll start off with the non-dividend paying company. 15 shares of Hero Health this week at $17.37, and we did it. That gets me to 100 shares and that is $18.94 average on Hero Health. I like this company quite a bit. I don't want to say love because I'm trying to not fall in love with any companies and remain objective. It's, hey, emotions can cloud judgment. Believe me, I know. Just look at politics. And we don't have a presidential election this year, which is why Nextstar Media is kind of suffering a little bit on their revenue. But next year is a presidential election. Nextstar Media, ticker NXST, I bought one share at $160.99, and then it promptly dropped to like $156. Yeah, I, you know, I know years from now, they're going to be in a much better, at least share price, they'll be further ahead. But it's still, it's like, come on, really? Like, why didn't I be psychic? Why couldn't I have been clairvoyant? There's a nice $12.37 word. Either way, so I bought one more share of Nextstar Media. and But with Hero Health, the thing I wanted to tell you is that 
going looking into the future yes we have our less risky assets any stock though is risky okay i don't care what anyone says there's different shades of risk on the risk go spectrum meter for equities but any stock the craziest thing can happen hey just look at hawaiian electric what happened in the span of what a week and a half they went from a pretty solid dividend stock all the way down to a catastrophe they they may not even survive this so there is always risk with any stock. I don't care if it's J&J, Procter & Gamble. Look at the safest ones. Apple, there's always, always a risk. So always remember that. And with Hero Health, I'm trying to take a little bit of a bigger shot. You got to right risk it for the biscuit. So that's what I'm doing with them. Uh, their CEO, Mark Baum, he wants, I know I told you last week, they have about $84 million in annual revenue. He wants to bring that bad mother mamma jamma all the way up to $1 billion in annual revenue in the not too distant future. So they're doing a lot of bolt on acquisitions. He wants to dominate the ophthalmic, uh, which is eye, I don't know how, eye drugs and care and ethically. Like it's this, and I know this isn't a dividend stock, but this is investing related. So I think it pertains to how you can look at businesses is what do they stand for? What are they about? What are they doing? And with Harrow Health, Mark Baum wants to deliver lower drug prices, which is going to benefit not only lower drug prices, but better eye care drugs to the consumer, to the doctors to sell, which will keep more money in their pockets, maybe move more product, be better for the shareholders, better for Harrow Health. They can make more money, expand the business, put that in a better R&D, just get bigger and bigger. And it's just, it's pretty cool to watch. So that is one of my big growth long shots that doesn't pay a dividend and it's okay. I will take a bit more risk with them. And then to wrap it all up, I bought two more shares of Realty Income Big ticker O for at $57.35. And that gives us 147 shares of realty income in the self-directed IRA, which by the way, if you don't know, that's the portfolio. I siphoned off 30 grand from my um my IRA with my last job in 2020, like March, April of 2020. Rolled that into the self-directed IRA, which I called it, and I have not put in one more penny. And that thing is like forty-three, forty-four thousand bucks that I've grown it in. You know, I should have wrote written. I should have written these numbers down. It's a flocking of meese, so I should have written that numbers down. A flock of geese is a flocking of moose. It, anyway, it's a it's an old um, Brian. Uh, Brian Regan, the comedian, it's a it's a joke of his. If you don't know him, you don't you don't get it. And I didn't tell you though that not joking, I did buy another share of SCHD at $73.79 gives us 139 in the Roth and we are well on our way to 150 shares is the minimum I want those at and then I'll eventually probably work that up to 2 200 shares. Is, is what we're going to do, everybody. How about some dividend stock news? Well, if you don't want to hear it, you're going to have to sit there and listen anyway because I already told you about Hawaiian Electric. This is a few little news tidbits from Simply Safe Dividends. They, on August 14th, downgraded HEI, uh, Hawaiian Electric, ticker HE, 
from 78 safe to 50 borderline safe. And then cut to the chase with that one today. No, yesterday, they downgraded them from 50 borderline to 30 unsafe. They think that there are massive lawsuits coming for them. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a problem. So you feel it's a heavy heart for all the lives lost, all the death, all the destruction, the rebuilding that's going to have to go on while they're dealing with this tragedy. And you know what? Uh, They shared a link for if you would like to donate and help out those that have been affected by the Maui wildfires. I will put that in the link and it's on uh, CNBC Make It is what the link goes to. So um, that is going to take you there if you would like to send a few bucks to the people that are needing some help. And also a couple more news articles, really light here. Uh, they refresh their outlook on Schmucker, J.M. Schmucker, ticker, <laughs> ticker SJM. I think they own Pepperidge Farm, which is, what was that joke? Uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers... And then also, Pepperidge Farm remembers H&R Block raised their dividend 10%. H&R Block raised their dividend 10%, and their payout ratio is near a decade low. You go, H&R Block. It's not even tax time. This is a stock I looked into way back when. It was so long ago, I don't even remember looking into it. So there you go, 3.30% yield for h H, as my friend in Ireland says, H&R Block. That's, the end of that was bad. The beginning was good. They also say Z for zero. And God bless you people out there on the Emerald Isle. We had a good time when we were in uh, Dublin, Killarney, Kilkenny, and Galway. Thank you for having us, Ireland. You know what's interesting, everybody? And I, as I was about to, I, somebody's like, you didn't give me a chance to talk. To anyway, that's a funny thing. Next time someone says that, does that to you, that's something you can always say. They're like, Hey, you know what happened? I was out driving the other day, and you're like, No, no, wait, you didn't give me a chance to ask. You asked me a question or answer. You, you didn't give me a chance, buddy. Let me know, let me answer. Let me take a g-. and then you just say something crazy, the weirdest thing you can think of. And they're like, No, that's not it at all. You know, I saw my brother in law on the expressway. I, I'm reading the, I'm putting together a spreadsheet on Warren Buffett and the interpretation of financial statements. It's a book I really enjoy, and it's from his ex-daughter-in-law and David Clark. I believe they they're trying to grab the essence of what Warren looks for in a durable competitive advantage stock, and it's a it's an easy read. But I, what I'm doing is I'm trying to make for myself, first and foremost, is to make a spreadsheet to give me a little template to just run through and say, hey, dummy, step one, look at this. Step two, what's this? Step three, what's this? And just go line by line, put an answer, and then review it and see if it looks like enough of the boxes were ticked that they might be a business with a strong moat Uh, or also known as a durable competitive advantage. But in doing that, I came across a very interesting thing to look for, that businesses that have a durable competitive advantage, as a percentage of their net earnings, they don't use a lot of capital expenditure or CapEx. So 
I wanted to, I started looking at a couple companies I'm invested in, and then one really jumped off the page because as I've told you guys, uh, AT&T, right? The telecoms, I've said, I wish I would have known, we did a live stream on it, I wish I would have known how capital intensive and highly competitive these businesses are. So check this out, AT&T, and by the way, Harris, I know you heard this already, I texted you, so just sit, sit down, shut up, and listen to it again. That's my buddy Harris Malberg from the One Penny at a Time podcast, please check that out. But AT&T, their 10-year net income was $120.285 billion. That's what over 10 years combined they earned, right? So basically $120.3 billion AT&T earned. Their 10-year total CapEx, capital expenditure, was $197.431 billion. They spent $120.3 billion. I'm sorry, belay my last. That's what we would say in the Navy if you effed up something and you wanted somebody, you'd say, belay my last, and then you'd go again. And you would be like, oh, you just erased what you said. Okay, I'm waiting, I'm listening. So AT&T, they spent over 10 years $120.3 billion. I did it again. It's late, people. Belay, belay my last. AT&T, third time's the charm. Combined, over 10 years, they spent $197.4 billion to bring in $120.3 billion. That's 164% of their net income, their net earnings, was used for capital expenditures. And if you need a refresher because you're new around these parts, CapEx is basically the money that a company spends on buying, improving, or maintaining their long-term assets like buildings, equipment, or machinery. So it's, in other words, it's, it's the stuff that a company invests in that will help them grow and operate better in the future and bring more money in the door. So that's like saying, I, if I told you, I'll put myself in AT&T's shoes here and I'm telling you, hey, listener, you sitting in your car, jogging while you're driving, it's a new kind of car, I guess. I spent $197,000 to bring in $120,000 over a 10-year period. Uh, hopefully, you'd say, oh, buddy, that's not working. That's just, that's not sustainable. You're, you're losing money there. That's not really good. And this is why we tell you that you can't just look at revenue, because if I tell you, that AT&T was selling, uh, or they had crazy net revenue. What do I want to tell you? I want to tell you, if I was was selling uh, $1 bills for 50 cents, I would have a line around the block. I would have sky-high revenue, but my profitability would be garbage. Why? Because I'd be losing money. So in essence, I guess AT&T is kind of selling, you know, $2 bills for uh, $1.64 maybe? I don't know. That might not be right. But either way, comparison and contrast, and Nextstar Media spent one... This is kind of simplifying the numbers. Nextstar Media, over 10 years, spent $1,002 to bring in $3,944. So they basically spent about $1,000 to bring in $4,000 over a 10-year period. That's how it's supposed to be done. That is good. 
AT&T is in a capital intensive and competitive environment. And I think the dividend also hurts their growth as we've shared before how T-Mobile just is cleaning their clocks. Check out the 10-year total return. Now this is dividends reinvested. Remember, T-Mobile does not pay a dividend, but the big blue chip dividend payers that we love, which is Verizon and AT&T, 10-year total return, dividends reinvested. Ready? Ready. Ready, down, hut, 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 hut. That is from Tecmo Bowl. Shout out to all you, including myself, who played Tecmo Bowl in the 1980s and early 90s. So here we go. 10-year total return. AT&T, negative 1.74%. Just a bucket of yuck. Verizon, 12% total return. And you're like, well, that's certainly better than negative 1.74%. Yes, it is. But T-Mobile... Remember, they don't pay a dividend, so a lot of us dividend payer or dividend investors turn a blind eye to them. T-Mobile, 489% total return over 10 years, while Verizon had 12%, and AT&T was at negative 1.74%. That really is just awful, yucky, terrible, disgust, terrible, and I'm looking to exit AT&T around 20 bucks. I'll just share it with you. It's embarrassing. We have 470 total shares across the three portfolios. We're down 39%. And we have a cost basis of $23.08 on those 470 shares. But hey, 6% dividend yield, right? You see how that can work against you just focusing on the dividend? People were like, oh dude, AT&T has a 5% dividend yield. And now you're down 39%. How's that looking? Uh, how's that 5% dividend yield looking when you're down 40%? As Will Hunting would say, how do you like them apples? Well, that may not have been tasty, but you know what is? This is going to be a 60 second or less news story. Nestle, ticker SNRGY, I believe, is testing a vending machine that makes their DiGiorno pizzas in three minutes. Check it out. Link to the article below. It looks like a red box, but for pizza, they have a prototype that was in a Walmart in Colorado, and they've been testing it out, or they plan to have it in college dorms, airports, Walmarts. Pizza's going to be 9 bucks. I think it looks pretty interesting. Hey, there's your little bit of fun random dividend stock news. So why am I still buying REITs? Or did I even tell you? I didn't even tell you that. I guess I did tell you that because I'm buying realty income, so we're buying REITs still. Well, REITs have been getting wrecked and slaughtered because interest rates have been going up. So why in the wide, wide world of sports is that bad for REITs and utilities and some of these stocks that people have bought because they pay a really nice dividend yield? Well, higher interest rates is not any good. It's no bueno. Because when the interest rates rise, earnings are worth less because they support less debt, meaning that it will take more earnings either now or in the future uh, to pay the higher interest rates if the debt is floating, which would be now, or when that debt is refinanced in the future. And if companies don't want to refinance in the future, well, they're going to have to pay more debt off now to start chopping that down. So it's a, it's a really, really, it's a really not good thing for the businesses that rely on a lot of debt that are highly levered. 
and especially if they have uh, floating rate, meaning that it, it goes up and down. But it's just, it's an overall negative thing because it increases the borrowing costs over time is what we just discussed. So you just remember that for companies like REITs, companies like REITs, REITs and utilities, interest rates rise, they go down, interest rates go down, they go up. So it really is just that simple that the higher rates mean lower underlying assets and the earnings will potentially and most likely be lower for some point in time unless you're buying a fundamentally strong quality business like I think that realty income is. And then another reason is, remember we talked about, we say that, what's that noise? What's that sound? What's that sound? It's the sound of the sucking of money away from REITs and utilities and things that income investors pretty much buy for that stable income, but it's risky, right? We just talked about all equities are risky. So if you can buy a bond or stick that money in a high yield savings account, there's not going to be much risk there at all, but that's not going to be inflation protected, right? Because dividend stocks, when they raise their dividend, you know, we love, 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 love dividend stocks that raise that over 7% a year. That's kind of like the kind of like the minimum you want to see. I think the S&P 500 over many 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 I want to say 100, I think I remember reading is about 6%. So we want to at least see 7%. So we're beating the S&P 500. Uh that's on average. But again, there's going to be little inflation protection when you have that money in a bond. Because the coupon is going to be the same. It's always going to be the same. You're going to get your money back at the end of that term. But you're still getting the same nominal amount back. If it's you put $100 in bonds with a 5% coupon, you're just always going to get that 5%. And if inflation's going up, well, then it's eating into the return of that coupon because that's not going to grow. That's not going to grow any any at all. <laughs> I got in this. It, the coupon, the 5%. You know what I'm saying, man? That ain't going to grow. The 50 or 100 bucks you put in, when if you get that back in five years, that's going to be eaten away by inflation. So that's kind of the beautiful thing where I think people forget, a lot of investors forget that it's not completely risk free because you can't forget about the inflation risk when you have your money parked in bonds or even high yield savings account but at least there you can you can pull it out and whatnot so you know it's just the dividend raises they increase and it protects those income streams and we get capital appreciation unless you're invested in AT&T or Verizon and they're just stagnant because they're plowing all their money into building out infrastructure and people say well now they're going to reap the rewards of 5G and fiber and then there's going to be the next innovation and they're going to have to build infrastructure for that and compete with their the triopoly of T-Mobile. You know what? It's just I learned my lesson and I probably should get out, but I'm stubborn. I have stubborn money. I have vice grip hands and it's just so back to the REITs. Last thought on that is the good, the good. So why am I still buying it? Well, eventually rates are going to come back down. It's going to make them more attractive. But we've seen right now, I was looking at a chart that the industrial uh, start, the construction starts have dropped to like a two, almost three year low. 
So they've just fallen off a cliff, which means so if it's less commercial real estate being built, less industrial real estate being built, that's going to be less portfolio competition for these already established uh, real estate investment trust players that we have in our investment world that we can buy, we can hold on to. All I'm trying to tell you is that the bull market starts the day before the bear market ends. Is that how it is? Meaning that you need to predict when that specific day is going to be. And I don't know anybody on the planet who knows when things are going to change. They're already saying that I think there's a 35% chance that they raise rates in, was it November? And they're probably going to at least pause or raise again in September. But we don't know what's going to happen in the short term. But what we can focus on is the businesses we're investing in. I know that a lot of the REITs are in much better shape than they were back in 2008. They're a lot less levered. And I think Realty Income is one of the better ones out there. So I know eventually the rates are going to pause and they're going to start coming down. I don't know if it's going to be in eight months or eight years, but eventually it's going to happen. And just as that does, money's going to start coming back into the REITs and the utilities. So I'm just going to keep buying, focus on the business because we don't know what's going to happen with the macro, uh, which is why I don't pay that much attention to it. Um, you know, like Target has been suffering. They have a... Walmart does more grocery. I think they're the largest grocer in the United States, but that's a low margin item is grocery and Target is more discretionary. So those are higher ticket items and they have higher profit margins. But with it being discretionary, uh, people aren't going to really go and buy a TV if they need to buy food and they have just enough money to pick one of them. So that's where that's at, man. <laughs> and girl and gal, whoever you are, all you cool cats, you cats and tats out there, I should open up a bar called Cats and Tats and it's, well, I don't know if that would be a good job deal to have a bunch of drunk people around, cats running around, that could get, uh, that would make me as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Well, everybody, that's going to bring us to the end of the Dapper Dividends podcast. I do thank you for listening and for your audio patronage. I was going to say oral patronage, but that didn't sound right. <laughs> I don't want you giving me oral patronage. My wife would get really, really jealous. So until the next one, everybody, you can hit me up on Twitter at RustyRam78. Send me an email. Drop me a line. Russ at DapperDividends.com. DapperDividends.com. What was that from? Uh, Farmers and... You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. See, that's what I need. I need that jingle. I'm going to work on it to get in your head. I, I had tried a really poor attempt back in the day. Those of you that have been with me for a while. what I used to do something like uh, Dapper Dividends. And it's not that good. I need like a Farmers Only type jingle. So we won't worry about that. You can worry about what you're going to invest in. If you're going to be buying those REITs, I'd love to let you, I'd love you to let me know. <laughs> or I also encourage you to sign up for our fun, fantastic, and free newsletter, which I write once a week. Link in the description below. Just look through the description below. I got the red box, ki or the, the, the red box, yes, they serve you pizzas in the movie. Tra no. Everything I've talked about, mostly I'll have links down there for, for this stuff. So I love you people. 
Thank you for listening to my podcast. And I really do hope you come back. Come on back now next week, y'all. You hear? I'll talk to you later. So long, everybody. <laughs>